Steelers, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon still on vacation. He'll be back coming up next Monday. We certainly look forward to that. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Joining us now, the general manager for the Utah Jazz. He is Justin Zanuck with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Justin. How are you? I'm good, Jake. How are you? Well, you know, doing terrific. I never thought I'd say this, but I kind of miss Gordon. Is that weird? Um, it is lonely in that little booth of yours, probably. <laughs> it, is. So. it does. It gets that way. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, give us your thoughts. Are you happy about your draft last night? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's really nice to have a really good work process with everybody here. You know, the coaching staff and our personnel department were locked up. You know, we're working to improve on last season's success. You know, the, the draft is one part of that. And just um, how we were able to just get everything done. We were very well prepared, as usual. And then uh, having a lot of collaboration to make the moves that we did um, in the draft to get a player that we're really happy about acquiring. Um, so, yeah, it worked out. Um, that's, that's the first part. And the reason I haven't slept much is we got – the rest of the plan, you know, that we're ready to execute come uh, the next few days. Yeah, I was going to say you were busy. News was breaking all throughout the night, and I, I do want to talk about the, the trade you made as well. But give us your, your thoughts. Tell us a little bit about Jared Butler and where you envision him maybe fitting uh, with the roster uh, in the short term and long term. Sure. I mean, I said it in some of the media availability last night, but you know, opportunity to get a player that um, has played in a lot of big games, uh, has a versatile skill set, can play either position, is a super high character kid and a high basketball IQ player. Anytime we get a chance to opportunity to add a young player like that to our program and our coaching staff's great development program, uh, I think it's a place where Jared can grow um, and have success and give him the best opportunity for success. Obviously, as a rookie and with a championship competitive team, you know, playing time, how he how he acclimates, all of those things. It's a big jump from college to the NBA, but I think he's well-prepared with the experiences that he's gone through and excelled at the, every level that he's played at. We'll give him a, a chance to have a good start. So there's a lot of speculation out there that he slid down the draft because of some health concerns. Uh, I'm sure that's something you all considered. What's your thoughts on that? I can, I'll just say that we're, we're comfortable um, – we were very comfortable selecting Jared and uh, as a player and as a person. Um, so it's about all a comment on that. But, you know, we have a collaborative process here, as I said earlier, and uh, everything, every detail is evaluated and uh, buy-in from everyone. And all of us were very comfortable with Jared and, frankly, excited to add him. I know sometimes the hard part of the job is parting ways with popular players who I'm sure you're fond of personally. And uh, there was a trade made, obviously, with uh, Derek Favors going to Oklahoma City. Can you talk about uh, the decision to make that move and what it does for the franchise? Sure. I, you know, we have great appreciation for Derek and his contribute, contributions to our club over the last years. Um, he's a great person, a great player, and... Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, none of our moves are in a silo. We're always having to look at the big picture of, you know, our team building part 
and what's best for the jazz organization. And this was done to create further flexibility to try to improve and enhance our roster. You talked about this a little bit last night as well, but uh, you mentioned that uh, Ryan Smith and his uh, dedication, energy, and uh, and willingness to invest is a big deal. Can you elaborate on that a little bit further? I, you know, it's just I think you guys are going to continue to see it. Uh, he's already shown that in his first year of ownership, and uh, it's going to continue to give us all the resources uh, we need to build a championship competitive club. So. You know, we have a plan uh, as we get into here the next three or four days or week. Um, that That's with draft. That's with, you know, trades. It's with free agency. And uh, the resources he's made available to us, uh, we're grateful and really excited to, to use and build build a good club. So this is just a personal curiosity question, uh, Justin, but what's it like to run a war room on draft night? I think every, you know, young basketball fans dreams of, of doing something like that. Is it pretty cool? You know, um, what's really cool. And I mentioned this before, but all the work that goes into it, um, which is months and sometimes on certain levels, years in advance of preparation and having everyone involved, uh, at various parts and especially in crunch time ownership coaches, our front office staff, our scouts, um, just kind of rowing the boat in the right direction. So when you actually get to the draft room or draft night, um, you have this, like, I just had a smile on my face looking around the room. This is before we knew we would get Jared and, and certainly with a bigger smile after we got Jared, but, just to appreciate all the hard work and sacrifice that so many people here in the jazz organization have given. And you can just sit back and smile and be like, we're ready. And so there's a real sense of calm. Um, when all this stuff is just flying around, uh, it gives me great confidence to make, help make decisions for the organization, you know, in a 30 second window in a minute window. Um, but it's all the hours of preparation before that would allow you to get to that decision quickly. Is it safe to say that uh, you are going to make uh, uh, re-signing Mike Conley a priority coming up in free agency? Certainly, we value Mike and what he's meant to our team. Obviously, I can't comment on how things will roll out. However, we do have a, a plan in place. We love him, um, and obviously, those are that's in combination with any other moves. You know, each move that you guys see that comes out, whether it's a draft pick, a trade, a signing. I know there's this you know urge to have like a hot take, like. But evaluating those in a silo is tough. And I said it last night. It's like, you know, if you just, in a couple weeks, you you look back and look at it in its entirety of what we needed to do and what we were able to execute on, I think the bigger picture becomes more clear. So but we, is- that, that picture is not completed yet, obviously, with, with a few more stages we have to go here in the week. So we have a plan, and hopefully we'll get it done. So kind of from a, a broad philosophical standpoint, you know, the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, uh, isn't a saying for nothing. And, you know, your team 
had the best record in the NBA last year. You know, they, they at, at times uh, were, were certainly the hottest team in the league. I'm trying to remember what it was. Justin won 21 of 23 at one point. I mean, playing some high, high-level basketball. So I, I guess uh, when you're going into the next stage, how do you balance, I've got a really, really good team, but also with that, you know, any team can can need improvement, but you don't want to, <laughs> I, I guess you don't want to mess with something that's worked so well. How do you balance those two things? You know, that's a large part of our discussions. You know, we're in a competitive environment and trying to be the last team standing. So weighing that, we had great success in the regular season. Um, some bad fortune in the playoffs due to injury. And how do you quantify that? How do you quantify results in a compressed season that exhausted everybody in the league with COVID and all the protocols and you know, tax, uh, taxing on the, on the mental and physical nature of the game. And those were the results last year. So I really kind of look at it. It's an opportunity to build on a successful foundation. And part of a foundation is having sturdy rocks that you build upon that are consistent. And then there's other things that you may build that house a little differently, but that it's still sturdy and, and the same size and just as good, or maybe an opportunity to get better. So never losing sight of what are the foundational parts of, of this team, trying to secure those, and then what's it look like around them while having great respect for continuity and uh, the results that that can bring. But bringing there's ultimately every, every year there's change, Jake. Uh, it's just to what degree. And so we're weighing that accordingly. Last thing before we let you go, back to the draft just for a second uh, overall. Did the draft go kind of as, as you guys expected? Did you expect maybe more big names to be moved or more moves to be made, fewer maybe? Did uh, anything surprise you? Um, you know, there's always usually it's there's always usually one sort of big trade uh, that gets done or rumored about around this. The draft is always a very fertile ground for interesting conversations between teams. Sometimes they revolve around stuff that's not even really draft-related, but it's kind of a kickoff to free agency and trade season. So lots of chatter. I wasn't surprised there were a lot of deals, just small draft-related deals, because there were quite a few teams that didn't have a pick, and there were quite a few teams that had multiple picks. So how do they balance that out and what, what they're trying to position going forward? So no, but nothing really really surprised me well listen we know you're crazy busy and uh, you probably have slept for about 15 minutes over the last 48 hours so uh, you making a few minutes for us is uh, we really appreciate it thank you very much justin no problem i'm going to bed early tonight yeah you deserve it man (laughs) you deserve it thanks uh there's jazz general manager justin zanuck jumping on with us here uh, on the big show on 97.5 and uh, 1280 the zone uh, I thought some some interesting things coming from Justin. I thought that last answer, Austin, was was really interesting where he said, you know, that there's so much communication on draft night. Some of it doesn't even have to do with the draft itself, but teams use it as a, as a way to communicate, feel out. There's probably some misinformation in there. I mean, I, I've said this for years, but I would love to be a fly on the wall for an actual, you know, draft room, war room, type situation, get to hear both ends of the phone calls, see the correspondence and all that. I bet it's fascinating. It's the reason I wanted to ask Justin kind of about the experience personally, but 
Seems to me it'd be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, but I don't want any official gig. I don't want any responsibility. No, I just want to watch. I just want to chill. Yeah. I just want to watch you all work. I just, I, I just want to watch how, how it goes. How much of the next season's moves then, I've never thought of that, and I'm glad you reiterated what he said, how much of next season's moves were actually discussed last night right. around the league? And Way next year's deadline, yeah. they were more or less you know, architected or, or built yesterday. Yeah. Well, one thing, one thing Justin said last night about the draft, which he just said about free agency, was that they have a plan. And maybe that seems like a, a, a no-brainer. You know, well, of course they have a plan. But I wonder how adaptable those plans are. I wonder how often that something unexpected ha- happens that, um, that alters the plan right away. You know, I think uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, I know. Oh, here's one. I know for a fact that the Jazz years and years ago, when Rajah Bell played for them the first time, they wanted to make it a priority to re-sign him in the off season, but they didn't happen to be his first phone call at midnight uh, on July 1st, and so he took that as a slight and ended up going to Phoenix. At so, least that's what. Yeah, that's what has been said. And, uh, yeah. But for this. The sake of this conversation, you get right. You yeah. never know. Rajah gets his feelings hurt because you didn't, or pick his a, agent, or whoever, because yeah. you didn't pick up the phone at twelve oh one, and all of a sudden, well, I guess I'm not that much of a priority. I'm going Silly. somewhere else. Yeah. You but know, then but, maybe but your you whole never plan know. Is scrapped. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I'm sure if the Jazz knew that he was going to be that sensitive about it, they probably had someone call him at twelve oh one, right? But you never, you, I guess you never know. And, yeah. and maybe that brings me back to Mike Conley, which you would hope they'd have a good feeling about how he is feeling. But this is the first time being a free agent ever. You know, maybe he does uh, prioritize some other things that we don't know about. You know, we always think, well, prioritize winning and prioritize longevity and money and all these things that pop up. But you never know. We joked about it yesterday. Maybe uh, Mike wants to be nearer to his favorite uh, barbecue restaurant. I don't know. Maybe he misses that Memphis barbecue or he's... Uh, it, uh, kids, of course, family, all these things come into play. And uh, you wonder how often, you know, well-laid plans are, are scrapped because of something unexpected. That's it's. A, I, I think you're similar to me in this regard. Maybe you're not, but I'm a planner. I like to know what things I have in place so that when inevitably things go wrong or go differently than anticipated, I have a way to go about my next move. I don't like spontaneity i don't like improvising i like to have structure that on on uh tuesdays i eat cinnamon toast crunch not that not not, no i get what you're saying structured but so that when especially in this as a producer things there's often moving parts scheduling guests usually some people will say i can do four and then at 355 say can you do five well then you gotta move the five o'clock guest to the four o'clock anyway no you've got a lot of structure in your life and i panic every time right no matter when no matter how long i've been doing this job but that's what the makeup of a an nba general manager of an nba player of a coach you got to be able to just fly when things change, because there's, n- it's never going to go exactly how you plan it. See, I'm a little bit of both. There's parts of my life where I'm, I'm, I'm e- well into my routine. I don't like to get thrown off. I, I've got that right I'm, down I'm, to which shower you use. Right, I'm, I'm very timely. I like to be on time and those sorts of things. But there's other aspects of my life where, and and my wife hates this, by the way. But my favorite, uh, my favorite phrase is, "We'll figure it out." Oh no, I couldn't. No. Oh, she hates it. 
she absolutely hates you, it because she save your positive. She thoughts is for a uh, she is one hundred percent a planner, right down to every detail. And then she'll replant it. Yeah, and yeah. then replant it again. Yeah, that's that's, that's what. She, and, and you know what? Works really well for her. But that juxtaposed to my, bah, we'll figure it out. She that does not that does I not see. that does not go over well. So you and my wife are similar, and Naz and I are similar. Right. Yeah. So I'll give you the. We've got family pictures uh, coming up, thanks to you. In in some part, <laughs> we've got family pictures coming up this weekend. In not fact, thanks to me, I tried to not help. Now you. my my wonderful wife has has gone into outfits and everything in great detail. Great detail. You you don't even. This is a longer story than than uh, I I can tell you off the air, Austin, when we have more time. But she, I mean, she's she poured a lot of effort into this. Now, I saw your family pictures last year; they were beautiful. Yeah, they turned yeah. out well. No, that's what I'm saying. It works. She's good at it. It it works for our family and all this. But if it were left to me, and she said, "Where are we wearing for our pictures?" I said, "Oh, we'll figure it out." And then Saturday morning would roll around, and I'd be like, "Oh, let's let's dip into the closet and see what comes out." And and that is not that does not work for her. That does not work for her at all. For me, it me works either. fine. No, not me. Doesn't work for me. We just went through this, as you mentioned. Yeah. And uh, my wife, Whitney, is very much, uh, she has plans to figure out what she's going to wear for family pictures and then the kid. And But then if, but I want to know two weeks in advance, I want to have three outfits planned. Ready. and So that if we show up, we don't have to go to Target at midnight the night before or whatever. Or the day of. And and if we show up and someone's wearing something similar, we've got a backup ready to go. And we've got a third just in case it gets thrown up on or something. I, that's, yeah, right. I'm with Naz on that. No, I know. I know. And honestly, it's the better way. <laughs> I don't know, though. I don't know if it's the better way. Because then when I like go on vacation and stuff, I have a hard time just letting go. And that's I like to when I go on vacation. When, my best vacations are when I come back and... I just went with really no plan. We just did whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. But it's really hard for me to do that. Really hard. But it's actually good for your health to do that. See, it's funny you bring up you bring up traveling because this is where uh, I told you the other day um, that I am a very bad traveler. I, I'm not good. And anxious. And, yeah. and this is this is part of it because I go, well, we'll figure it out. Like packing and all this stuff. If eh, we'll figure it out, then the day of the trip comes around and I'm going. Ah! <laughs> and I'm running around like crazy, just totally stressed out. Yeah. So I get your way's better. I tell her that all the time. It's like I got it. Your way, your way's better. I'm just not. I'm just sometimes not programmed that way. But you need both personalities. Do you need both personalities in a NBA war room? True. No. I you mean, need, if you, you just in, need the planner, if you went into uh, free agency and NBA offseason with a, <laughs> we'll figure it out. You're you're losing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what you're, comes out our way. Yeah. You're gonna lose. Yeah. Hey, who are you gonna call at twelve oh one? You know, the, some players are sensitive about that. You know, I, I don't know. We'll we, figure it out. We got a dartboard. We'll yeah. we'll just throw a dart we'll at it. And... I don't know. I'll find the number somewhere and we'll call somebody. Looks like we're giving all of our money to Jarrett Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that guy's agent? Ah, we'll figure it out. Nah, I don't know. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think you can go into an NBA free agency that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, yeah, Justin, we did ask, or we, I did ask him about uh, Mike Conley. He can't really comment on it, but I certainly came away with the impression, Austin, that, yeah, that's the priority. I mean, I don't think that's really reading the tea leaves much. Yeah, yeah Chris Mannix has said this a few times on this show during his NBA assist appearances that it's his, it's Chris's opinion that, if Conley is elsewhere next season, the Jazz are pretty much rebuilding. Not from scratch, 
but they are taking three steps backward without Mike Conley because he feels that the Jazz title window right now is attached to Mike Conley being on the roster. Do you agree with Chris Mannix in that regard? Right now, this next season. Yeah, I got it. But, but like, let's say they lost Mike Conley. I know that they don't have the money to go out and sign a free agent, but they'd have to do something. So what would that something be? It would be less than Mike Conley. Probably. But we're talking about, you know, three major steps back. Going into it using words like rebuild, I'm not so sure. Like, do you then move a Boyan Bogdanovich to bring in uh, more of a ball handler? And what does that player look like? And what do you do to replace Bogdanovich? I don't feel it's as simple as saying it's back to the rebuild without Conley. But yeah, it wouldn't be good. Well, that's I. I think that you're. <laughs> I think maybe I'm being a little too exaggerative with with rebuild and three steps back. Chris's point being the Jazz being title contenders is completely attached to Conley right now it doesn't mean that in a season or two without Conley that they wouldn't be back to that but look at what they were this season as you talked about with Justin best team in the league they won what 21 of 25 or whatever it was yeah, yeah. that and and Mike Conley was an all-star for the and you hear what Donovan Mitchell says about what he does for his game and his life he's important I got it no, it's no, no, the I title know. the title team the architecture of this title hopes is including Mike Conley on the roster if he's not on that roster, that changes. Sure, but they also uh, went to the second round with Richard Rubio as their point guard. So, I think his given name is Ricky. Is it Ricky? I think so. Yeah. And and Ricky was just uh, moved for a, 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 a warm batch of hot dog buns. I to mean, go so, with Jerry Colangelo's yeah. favorite player in Cleveland, Kevin Love. Yeah. So what do you you know? What do you do? You you would not go. At least I don't think so. I mean, if, if Ricky Ricky Rubio, if Michael Conley decided to go somewhere else, they couldn't just roll back the rest of the roster. They only have two ball handlers on the whole roster. Well, Trent Forrest, so three, I guess. But they'd have to do something. You could not, you could not go into a season with just Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles as your options running the offense. That just would not be... They would. They'd, they'd have to do something else. They would. They would. They would do something else, and I don't think they'd be title contenders right away. Okay. All right. I mean, it's fair, but I. I guess I'm pushing back against the rhetoric of, up oh, into the rebuild. Scrap it. Yes, yeah. To just blow it all up. It's <laughs> over. I think they could still manage. Like the to, Chicago Cubs are currently doing. Right. Yeah. I think they could still manage to be a playoff team. I don't know. You know, title contender is subjective. I don't think they'd be a better team. Is that fair? Yes. I mean, they take a step back. There's a reason why I think Michael Conley needs to be their priority. I think Mannix is right there. They go don't... from the best team in the league to 6th, 7th, 8th in the West, probably. Right. And those aren't title contenders. Stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Big thanks to Jazz General Manager Justin Zanuck. Uh, for joining the show. He jumped on with us on the Smart Rain special guest line. July is considered Smart Irrigation Month to celebrate. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is giving away free smart controllers to commercial properties until the end of July. Hosting costs not included. Visit smartrain.net or call 877-346-3333. That's our good friends at Smart Rain. We'll have more coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. 
When you look at the odds, nobody has a 50% chance of winning, and usually there is a heavy favorite. Nobody believes in anybody right now. Oh, no, I disagree. Oh, I totally agree. You just said it. Of course you totally agree. And I'm not backing down. And you, <laughs> you always totally, say don't back you down. You totally agree with yourself. No, of course I do. I should. But when you make a point and I back down, you get on me. So you can't get on me when I don't back down. You're yelling at me coming and going. You don't agree with yourself. You can elaborate, but you don't agree with yourself. I do elaborate, and I do agree with me. I totally agree. What I just said. There are questions about everybody. And I have them right now about you. <laughs> That's not surprising. You haven't met me every day for 20 years. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I've been doing fine without you Forgetting all the love we once knew Girl, I ain't the one that slammed that door This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson Presented by Big O Tires With the lowest price on every tire every day With no credit needed financing options available Big O Tires, the team you trust Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 12 The Zone. Want to remind you, uh, well, our Olympic update actually brought to you by our friends at Davis Vision. Davis Vision loves teachers. If you are a teacher who needs LASIK, Davis Vision wants uh, to give back. Schedule a free consultation appointment and inquire about additional savings to their summer sale price. Call today, 801-253-3080 or go to davisvisionmd.com. Uh, we have not talked about conference realignment really at all today, so there were a couple of uh, of news and notes that I kind of wanted to uh, to go over. You know, as information continues to trickle out about this thing a little bit. Uh, but before we do, Austin, should we give away tickets to Lady A? Should we make that happen? Yeah, let's do it. Twelfth caller right now eight five five three four zero zone, and you're going to go see Lady A. Uh, at uh, USANA Amphitheater. Uh, get your tickets today at livenation.com or sim- simply be the 12th caller, 855-340-ZONES. Of course, see your favorite artists at USANA Amphitheater. Uh, you know, the big show, listen, uh, through August 1st, we're giving away a pair of tickets a day to either KISS, 311, Lady A, or Alanis Morissette. Uh, so if you want to go to Lady A, 12th caller, right now, 855-340-ZONE. Big thanks to the uh, good folks at Live Nation. So a couple of news and notes um, as far as conference expansion goes uh, today. The SEC officially uh, welcomed Texas and Oklahoma uh, into the conference. And now they're still operating under the farce of it's going to be in 24-25, which is a joke for some reasons uh, that uh, we'll get into a little bit more uh, later. But uh, that's kind of the official news today. The remaining eight Big 12 schools also met or, or had a phone conference to discuss the future. Now, according to the conference, um, all the schools are on the same page to press forward and uh, try to salvage a good situation as members of the Big 12, which, um, as I read that, I, I laughed. Have you ever seen that, uh, that uh, gif with Shaq? You know, laughing so hard and looking uh, uh, your right and then left, laughing, uh, belly laughing. That's what I thought. Uh, that Why? I mean, first of all, why would those schools make that commitment now? And considering that the, the head of the Big 12 just absolutely uh, set fire 
to a relationship with a major TV partner, um, would it really be in all the school's best interest to uh, to operate in lockstep at this point? Or certainly commit to do so? So I kind of laughed at that. I thought that was either PR from the Big 12 or uh, these other schools are just uh, lying to Bullsby because why would they not uh, be actively per, uh, you know, pursuing their own self-interest? And if that were in the Big 12, I suppose, then there's that. But I don't see how they could possibly make that uh, assessment right now. So I think they're either lying to the commissioner or that's just simply the commissioner uh, doing PR. By the way, shout out to Alex, who is going to Lady A and who is the 12th caller. Uh, but what do you think about that, Austin? The remaining eight schools are committed to press forward as a conference. Uh, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea, and I don't believe it, and I think that they're lying because that's a bad idea. I think what Rondo Felberg said yesterday with you is exactly what needs to be happening. In fact, it, it, I'll say this. I think what ESPN, I th- what I, appears ESPN has planned, I think is the way to go. Poach the ones that matter to you, put them in the AAC, and make that the fifth Power Five conference. So on top of that, I find the storyline that the Big 12 alleged that ESPN is trying to destroy the conference to eliminate those contractual obligations, buyouts and such. Now, how about this? Uh, Kirk Bowles, who, uh, where does he write, Austin? Is he down in Austin? Yeah, he's a Texas writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, I've been following his Twitter feed, and he was responding to a tweet about a rumor. Um, This this, uh, random person says, I heard ESPN owes Texas $160 million for the Longhorn deal. Have you heard that? I would think that if that's true, they could use that to cover the $70 million price to opt out. Uh Now, Kirk uh, corrected this uh, this person on Twitter and said it's not $106 million, it's $150 million. <laughs> Another $46 million. That ESPN owes million, yeah. to Good Texas grief. still for the Longhorn deal. So, uh-huh. even more incentive for ESPN just to blow up the league and tell Texas, hey, we, we did you a solid. Let's let's figure out what to do about this $150 million we owe you. But ESPN's self-interest in all of this is fascinating to me. Well, none of us, I was about to say, none of us, if we didn't have that info, none of us balked at this Big 12's allegation as pie in the sky. That's never what's happening here. We all immediately went, yes, that's exactly what's happening here, Bob Bowlesby. That's exactly. ESPN is finagling things in their own interest because they're a business and that's what you do in business. That's what you do. You want to get more money. You never, as Gordon doesn't get this, you never have enough money if you're running a business. No. You need to continually look for that next bag that can come your way. And sometimes you go around back channels and you do things to see things fall apart so that you then get that bigger bag. But now given this information that it is in ink... That they owe Texas a hundred and was it hundred and sixty hundred and fifty million dollars? Yeah, that's exactly what's going down here. So, I, and I don't fault ESPN one iota. That's business. ESPN's dirty, but so is everybody else. I know. I kind of fault them. I get it. Everybody else is dirty, but I kind of fault them. I mean, How? It, it's business, man. I know, but their job is to do this. You're buying a product. Does that give you the right to manipulate the product? I don't know. They're of course some, it does. It's your product. Murky waters. Well, they're obviously doing it. So, but it's not. It's not ESPN's product. ESPN is the platform. The product is college football. Yeah, they're paying for that product. 
And so they're going to make that product as profitable as they can make I that product. I get it, and I get that's that's It's reality. their property, broadcast that, property. That's reality sometimes. But, I mean, like, you know, if, if the Dish professionals stepped in and tried to tell us uh, how to program the show— I think we'd be a little sensitive about. Well, that. they'd have to be paying us 150 million dollars. Hey, the Dish Professionals are a, a wonderful client here on the Zone Sports Network. One of our oldest clients. Sure. So I would hope that Ryan. I'd be shocked if they're paying us 150. I know, but I would. Uh, I w- we would. We would be a little defensive if Ryan decided to flex a little muscle and uh, tell us what we could or could not do on the show. So where do you come in on house flipping? Because that's what ESPN's doing here. They bought the Big Twelve. They're remodeling the Big 12 and repackaging it at a higher price. That's the point, though. They didn't buy the Big 12. They bought the rights to broadcast the Big 12. Okay. So they bought the outside of the house and what it looks like. No, they are they are a... They don't own the house. They own the, the look of the they house. They are a vendor. <laughs> that's what they are. They are a vendor. They do, not, <laughs> they do not own the house. In a sense, maybe they're selling the house. Maybe they're the realtor in your uh maybe they're homey in your scenario. Uh-huh. But they don't own the house. But that's their job to make it sexier and prettier and more profitable. But still up to the owner of said house. Yeah, and Texas and Oklahoma are the owners of said house. Partially. No, they're the owners. Well, I mean they're... It's like when you move in with grandpa and grandma. They still own the house. So, I I would get why the Big 12 sensitive about it. <laughs> I don't care. That's uh, another thing Rondo told you and you agreed with. Don't feel bad for the back 12 or the big 12. No, excuse I, me. I honestly do don't. not feel bad for them. But it doesn't let, e- let ESPN off the hook for meddling. Well, if, if something bad happened to ESPN, I wouldn't feel bad either. Yeah. But I'm not going to feel bad for big 12. And then there's this and, and maybe this gives a, a little insight into the, you know, the college football, college sports landscape. Um, OU president Joseph Haraz uh, said it became apparent that the Big 12 had become last in line in terms of priority for media rights agreements. And he said not just last in line as far as the P5 conferences go, but as far as everything, whatever everything means. Meaning at ESPN? No, meaning the Big 12 was last in line. Like they were the, the, as far as if you were to prioritize the big leagues from a media rights agreement standpoint, Big 12 was last in the priority for the, I mean, for ESPN or Fox or whatever. Well, then why are they not last in money made? Like, well, he's like talking. Pac 12 is. Well, because those contracts were signed a long time ago. And, you know, the Pac-12, you heard George Klyavkov uh, admit that signing such a long-term deal well, way back in the day was was probably a mistake. So the way that the Pac-12 handled it is partially responsible for that. And the Pac-12 is spending a crazy amount of money on a network, which the Big 12 is not. I see. Yeah, yeah. So there are other reasons why the distribution is more for the Big 12 than it is the Pac-12. It's not value. And this is, he's talking about in the future. This is Oklahoma's president? Oklahoma's president, yeah. So as the as the conferences are lining up to negotiate with the networks, Pac-12 included, he's saying that the Big 12 was the lowest priority. He's saying the Oklahoma president is saying basically the ESPN, the television networks are saying, you know what, you're going to get the scraps. We're going to negotiate with all these other conferences and whatever's left over. Maybe you'll be lucky to get. And I don't know if this this Oklahoma president could be full of it because he's obviously trying to justify destroying a conference. But that's what he's saying. They were the lowest priority. Um, 
So there you go. There's the latest on conference expansion. Um, this is happening. I believe the Big 12 is going away, and uh, this is going to be a fascinating story for the next, I don't know how many m- uh, months. We'll have more coming up right around the corner. Don't forget uh, the top 60 and 60 going on right now on the station. Listen, every day at 1.30 as Hanson Scotty announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah. It's the countdown to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon only here on the Zone Sports Network. More next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for 20 Seconds of Baseball. Brought to you by our friends at Peach Window and Door. For more than 25 years, Peach Window and Door has been providing superior quality windows, doors, and customer service to the Wasatch Front. Call them today, 801-566-1255 for all of your window and door needs. It is time for 20 Seconds of Baseball. And now it's time for 20 Seconds of Baseball with the Big Show's Austin Horton right here on the Zone Sports Network. MLB trade deadline. The Yankees got Andrew Haney from the Angels and Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs. The Giants got Chris Bryant from the Cubs. The Shy Sox got Craig Kimbrell from the Cubs. Max Scherzer and Trey Turner went from the Nationals to the Dodgers. J.A. Hopp from the Twins to the Cardinals, as well as John Lester from the uh, Nationals to the Cardinals as well. Busy. Trades. We no ta- one is on their team anymore. We were talking about this earlier uh, in the day when we were talking about, you know, it's tough to part ways with Derek Favors. I don't know. Well, actually, uh, let me put it. I think the NFL is more cold-blooded than Major League Baseball. But when it comes to trades, Major League Baseball is the most cold-blooded. I mean, listen to the names you just listed off right there. Franchise quarterstones. All-stars. Yeah. Cy Young These franchises are are out of the playoff chase, and they just tell these legends to pack their crap. They're moving on. The Nationals and the Cubs called every team, every media member this week, made it very clear, put it on Twitter. It it was obvious that the Cubs and Nationals wanted nobody left on their original uh, opening day roster by the end of the deadline. Everybody must go. Everyone was up. Yep. The Dodgers, of course, somehow land both Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. For a few minor leaguers, no one's heard of and never will hear of again. What happened? I thought Scherzer was going to the uh, the Padres. Okay, so there's maybe. In fact, maybe I misspoke there. I thought he was going to the Dodgers. No, no, no. He ended up going to the Dodgers, but the rumor all day was they were basically closed with the Padres. Oh, like, I don't I know. I didn't follow that. Eric mentioned that to me. I didn't know what he was talking about. I I wonder, like you know, we we were talking about wanting to be a fly on the wall in a like a, a war room uh, for an NBA draft. You know, a major league trade deadline would be right there too, right? Uh, to to find out like why on earth did that Padres deal fall apart, and the Dodgers deal is the one that got done. You know, did the Padres want? I don't know. You know, something ludicrous in return, or, or not the Padres, but uh, anyway, whatever. Yeah, I, the I Nationals would, I'd, wanted Manny Machado and Fernando yeah, Tatis. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd want to know why exactly those deals uh, end up falling apart, and I wonder how much like that uh, uh, the Moneyball movie it really is, where it's just GMs with their feet up on their desk and like a, a, a Rolodex and a phone. Just like, <laughs> hey, Bob, uh, I'm interested in this guy. Hold on. Let me let me put this together on the other line. Uh, hello, uh, Steve. Yeah, Steve, I'm interested in this guy. Hold on. I got Bob on the other line. You know, is it is it really like that? 
It might be. Baseball's pretty antiquated in a lot of things they do. Seems like every like the NBA is using like Slack and and uh, you know up to date things, and the MLB is probably still sending telegrams. I wonder why the mayor. You've been traded. Stop. To the Dodgers. Stop. That sort of thing. I wonder why you don't see it more in the NBA. Is that because the those, you know, big producing players are easier to replace in Major League Baseball? Yeah, you, you've got seven farm teams per every major. You know, I'm exaggerating, but and one player doesn't make as big a difference, right? Yeah, there's one batter, one pitcher, and one filler on any given play. You can find someone who can catch, throw, and hit. Right. Perhaps they aren't Mickey Mantle. But they'll be fine. And maybe it's one of those things where stars aren't putting butts in the seats as much? Oh, don't tell PK that. For Major League Baseball? Yeah, don't tell PK that. He says the gate is not suffering in Major League Baseball. No, no, no. I'm, I'm more saying like the reason you're going to the gate in Major League Baseball is not because... I see, yeah. It's not... I want to go see LeBron. The NBA is so star-driven. I mean, we see That's it here, point, yeah. where where the Jazz will put up their opponents, you know, uh, uh, LeBron's face on a billboard, like, see the Jazz play the Lakers. You know, come see these these mega stars in the NBA. Is is uh, who's a big player who just got moved today? Oh, Max Scherzer. Ma- Max Scherzer. Yeah, yeah. Is he Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo? Yeah. You know, I have no doubt that there are some fans specifically coming to see them play. But is that is that the driver that it is in a league like the NBA. You're right. You're right. No, because baseball's an event, and so is the NBA, but you buy tickets based on the five guys on the other team and your team, whereas in baseball, you're just you're having a, you're having a ball. There's nine innings. You're getting food. You're talking to people. You're going around. Will the Cubs' attendance be all that affected by jettisoning uh, all these players? Because no. they're losing anyway. No, no. You know, because yeah. winning and losing, I could see that. Like if if you've got the best ball club in the uh, in the league, I'm sure you're selling more tickets. But you know, if the Cubs have these faces and these stars and are losing anyway, if they trade those stars, does their attendance take a hit? No, no. The only team that, that the, where attendance makes any difference is the Rays. They, are, they could be the best team in the world. They're, no one's going to their games. Right. But the Cubs could be the worst team in the world, and they're going to sell out every night. And their people are going. Yeah. Or every day, I guess, in Chicago. You know, so I, I, I think it costs you probably to not have quote-unquote stars on your team, but how much? Whereas in the NBA, even the bad teams, if they jettison their big-name players, that's going to hurt a lot at the gate. Yeah, it takes a few years to rebound from that. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. that The Major League Baseball teams are so willing just to cut bait with their big-name players when the you know playoff contention isn't there. And, and by the way, they, I'm sure they do it because they can shake down other teams for huge ransoms and, you know, find that next center field fielder or whatever. All right, stay tuned. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. A week without Gordon comes and goes. Gordon will be back coming up on Monday. But what a week it was. Feels crazy. The Pac-12 Media Day was on Tuesday. The draft last night. I, for one, am exhausted. Are you? I am tired. I'm a little out of gas. I got to. You were here way late last night. Last night was was a long one, but you know, it's it's weeks like this. Honestly, is the reason why we get into sports radio. I mean, it's 
Lots changed this week. We found out lots of new information. College football is coming. The NBA offseason I always find fascinating, and that includes the NBA draft. So, you know, it's all good stuff. Just a lot of energy. Well, you've done a great job this week, Jake. You and Tim were honestly were terrific on the draft coverage last night. And you know what I regret about yesterday? We didn't we didn't uh, post all seven hours of the draft coverage on our website. Oh, I don't, I don't want to hear what we sounded like in the 11 o'clock hour. <laughs> well, also, I don't, I don't know if the website could handle a seven-hour show no, in one spot. that'd be but, tough. Yeah. But I have a feeling that I, I you know, Tim, I'm sure, was a, a bundle of energy. But I probably was like, and... Uh, like PK on happy hour today? Which was radio magic, by the way. Maybe, well, we should have played that. No, that's okay. Why? It was good on happy hour. I did, I did all the work. You did do all the work. Although I want, I don't want any of the blame if he's mad about it. Coaching now. tennis. Coaching tennis. <laughs> it was one of the better happy hours. It was. Any exciting plans this weekend, Austin? Austin, Carson's you're, tomorrow. you're off next week. All next week. We're going to miss you. I am. I'm staying home uh, to do. I showed Lloyd my list of, I have a, like 17 projects a day that I got to get done. So that's what I'm using my vacation on this year is the honeydews. And it'll be fun. We are possibly going to avoid the HOA meeting. We talked about that by going to Lagoon. We'll see. See how that goes. Good luck. I am excited to have a little time off, but I will miss you. And I won't see Gordon for two weeks, so we'll have to reintroduce ourselves. You will not miss us. Summer League, though. I'm going to miss Summer League. I haven't missed. I have. This is the first Summer League I've ever missed. Ever? Ever. Like since they started. Going back, way back in the day? Yeah. Uh, well, you enjoy your week off, Austin. It doesn't sound like you will, but try. I will. I, it, it's it's not going to be a lot of downtime, but you know, any time you take away from work is good for your mental health. And you're building some sort of wall? <laughs> it depends how the HOA meeting goes, yeah. Okay, good luck. Fingers crossed. I am building a shed. If you do end up on the news, will you let me know? No. Why not? Because HR doesn't need to know either. Well, send me like that was, a, that was Austin Hortman, the comedian. Well, send me that text. Say Austin Hortman ended up on the news tonight. <laughs> okay. All right. I uh, hope everybody enjoys your weekend. Uh, we will be back on Monday. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.